Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. I'm here with the great Michael Wilbon. We are in studio tonight, NBA Countdown. Wednesday night, we had Lakers-Milwaukee. You'll see the crew Friday night in Boston for Lakers-Celtics, which is still... I mean, let's start there, Mike. I mean, that's still one of... It's an attraction. Want to be, they want to see it. I, I remember being in Boston on the eve of uh, Kobe's... I want to say second or third, the last one there, and being with him and Tim Grover, his workout, uh, his longtime trainer, and um, like that game for Kobe, that one game a year in Boston, and LeBron, who's trying to come back from that abdominal strain, uh, I think there's a chance he's going to play Friday, and listen, he used to play Boston a few times a year, uh, obviously in the playoffs, and of course regular season, Cleveland, uh, Miami, but now once a year. Right, once a year. And you know that people talk more about going into Madison Square Garden. But you're right, for people, you know, also from the East, Kobe was from Philadelphia. You know, there's there's some magic into going into Boston Garden and you hope they were good and you beat them. And it's still a, you know, circle the calendar date. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll be there on Friday. But Mike, we I want to talk to you about a couple of your cities and their teams and revivals in the East. The NBA feels like a better place right now. We've got the Washington Wizards and Chicago Bulls at the top of the Eastern Conference, a half game apart. Wizards coming into tonight were in first, and and you got the Bulls who are out west now and swept a really impressive sweep at Staples Center uh, against Lakers and Clippers. But let's start in Washington, Mike, and what it means for that city, which is a great basketball city. It is. To have this team playing the way it is with, by the way, an unselled coaching the team. I don't think we've made enough about that, about I think how much it meant to that organization and, and, and to those around there. That is, I don't know if there's any more. I know Michael Jordan played there. No, but the magic name in Washington basketball is unselled. Yeah. It is. Yeah. What's it been like to see this revival? It's It's been a while. Whoa, just been a long time. I mean, you go back to, I don't know, f- six years ago maybe when uh, Bradley Beal was really a young pup and John Wall was still ascending. And they had Paul Pierce, who, you know, was the veteran presence they needed. And then Paul goes, you know, to L.A. and then into retirement. And, and they never, they couldn't get it back. They couldn't hold it. Bradley and John themselves could not manufacture that. And... um all of a sudden, you know, John's gone. Bradley's still there, l- looking for reasons to stay. And then the Wizards have this summer, this particular summer in which they they give up a future Hall of Famer, a first ballot Hall of Famer, an all-time great in Russell Westbrook. And the Hall they get in return, plus the pieces they already had, it created a 10-deep, maybe even 12-deep roster in which they're in first place in the East right now in Rui Hachimura, who may be their third or fourth overall right. best player in a year. He hadn't even joined the team yet. Right. So it is really— And, and, and Thomas Bryant, another Thomas very Bryant. good young player who people forget. Yes. Daniel Gafford's I been so forgot. good coming from that Bulls in that Bulls in trade. Bulls He's trade. been a revelation. Yeah. And so they've got a lot. And you know what, Walsh, I'm glad—and you know this because you've, you've covered basketball for years and years, and you know you can see what's going on in a place even if it's— not as obvious to people because the team is 14 and 26 at the time and you're there. You see, Washington's a basketball town. It's, it's when, the, when the Redskins were winning Super Bowls and being in Super Bowls, they were in four in a 10-year span. 
Everybody thought it was a, a football town, a Redskins town, now a Washington football town. No, it isn't. It's a basketball town with nine Division One. Look at all the Division One schools, not just Georgetown, Maryland, Virginia, but just all around. Loyola of Baltimore, George Washington, George Mason. It's a basketball town, high school basketball. And so um, the most famous people in sports – are basketball people, not football people. I'm talking about produced by that place, mm-hmm. Elgin Baylor, mm-hmm. you know, um, John Thompson. Right. You know, you can go on right. and on about it. Maybe, maybe, maybe the greatest NBA and Morgan, and I, I'm a Bob Hurley guy, so I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to call Morgan, but but certainly Morgan. there there are two high school coaches in the yes. Basketball Hall of Fame, yes. Morgan Wooten, Bob Hurley, and, and of course, Red Auerbach. And you're right. And, and it Red is that, lived in Washington, even yeah. when he coached in Boston. He lived in a hotel yep. in Washington and had lunch with people like me on yep. Tuesdays. And that's what he does. That's, that's a whole book Chinese about food. It. Yeah. Right. And so, so it's a basketball town, yep. and people have to quietly sort of hope it'll come back. But this summer uh, was amazing. I was excited right away. I started calling people, saying, "Have you seen what the Wizards have done? Have you seen this?" And I called Tommy Shepard just to say, my God. And Tommy's like, all right, calm down. We haven't done anything yet. We haven't played a game yet. But now you can see sort of what they saw and what people who right. are interested in it saw. And, and the biggest addition they really made this summer was Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes. Coming off the ACL yes. injury. Listen, he had been a tremendous player for the Nets. Really, Brooklyn was a place that, you know, under Kenny Atkinson, Sean Marks, that, you know, set the table to get. Durant and Kyrie and James Harden. They won a playoff series each year for yeah. two years, and they looked yeah. Dinwiddie so critical yeah. to what they did. Plus the hall from L.A. Yeah, and the base of what three or four pretty good pro players. Well, yeah. one terrific player in Bradley Beal. Yeah, and then I mentioned Hachimura, and they they had pieces already. But what they added, um, I I like their roster. Woj. it's tough for me. I'm a Chicagoan. I mean, I've lived the last forty years in D.C. I covered the the, the Bullets and Wizards, I covered Wes Unseld as in Pop, mm-hmm. not Son, Wes Unseld, and all those guys, when they were leaving when I first got to Washington. I see Bob Dandridge in the arena, talk to him every time I'm there. Um, I, I, I loved those men, you know, as, as, as basketball, as contributors Bob, to Bob Ferry, who just passed away. Bob Ferry, and somebody passed away yeah. recently. Yeah. Ferry, yeah. Wes, yeah. and that's difficult. So to see them, but but I'm, I'm in a difficult position because I never root for them over the Bulls, which is another story. Because uh, Chicago, I still call home, uh, even though, you know, Washington's been home and is still home right now. But to see those two in, in that position, I think more people predicted the Bulls. I, Charles and Shaq, Charles Barkley and Shaq, they both, Charles even fussed at me on our own show on PTI and said, hey, the Bulls are going to be really good. And Shaq had them in third in the East, and I was like, what? I what think the question see? with that Bulls team was going to be, would they defend? And they've been elite defensively. Yeah. And uh, really, as Zach Lowe was talking about watching them out in L.A. this week and just how they get up into people. And, you know, certainly, again, some injuries now. But we'll, we'll get to them in a minute. But the Wizards, the Bradley Beal thing, and I remember sitting down with Bradley, uh, did a podcast I lose track of NBA years now because, like, <laughs> you can say one year ago, and that was like two yeah, seasons, seasons ago, ago right, right? Yeah, in the bubble. But I flew to Minnesota. I was out west, and I met Bradley. I think in Minnesota, and we did a pod, and it was before he signed the extension. I think, and no, it was after. It was after he signed the extension. And the idea that, and you know this, Mike, <laughs> there are players who look for reasons to go, yep. 
and there are players who look for reasons to stay. And he has been a guy who he has he loves DC. I think he and his wife and his his, his family like they love living there. And it was difficult after you know John Wall. I think it was John's team when he got injured, and when John came back, I think it had to be explained to him. Things have changed. This is Bradley's team, and and so they do the Westbrook trade. And Tommy Shepard, from the day he took over for Ernie Grunfeld, he went in and talked to Mark Bartlestein, for Priority Sports, who's Brad's agent, and Brad, and said, "Give me time. Give me time to flip this roster. I want to get better guys. I want to get more competitive guys." Let's let, give me a chance to get out from under this, and it and he is, wasn't just stalling. Yeah, he was making that happen because there's a lot of groundwork, as you know better than anybody was, because you're covering this every day. You have to set the groundwork. You working. You talked about him working with with Mark, at which absolutely is the case. But think of all the other people that had to be sort of on board with. Okay, the Wizards. What have they done? I'm gonna let my guy go there, and yet Tommy Shepard kept working this thing until he wound up with a. I, I really do think it's just one of the great turnaround, great two-month turnarounds. Yeah, and right, and it's and to do it at a time where, listen, every player in the league's recruiting, Bradley's out in the summer, and everybody's, Brad, asked for the trade to us. They're Lakers, Lakers, ask, come on, push, ask for Golden State guys, Milwaukee, Giannis. And, you know, Golden State at any point, and I think they were waiting last year to see would Brad ask for a trade at the trade deadline? And if you were Washington, you looked at that Golden State roster and you saw the pieces. They have the, they had the picks. They had young players. They have the two lottery picks this year, Kaminga um, and Moody, that Moody. those yeah. two high picks could have been theirs. James Weissman could have been. Whatever a package with the, with the Warriors was kind of, it was clear how you would do it. And if you were going to trade a guy in that instance, the player has a leverage where he's going to tell another team, hey, don't trade for me. I'm not resigning with you. And so that's when you have a year left. But to Brad's credit, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't. He, he's, I'm going to give it more time here. And now, and I talked to, we talked about it on Countdown tonight, and I talked to Mark Bartlestein about it today. Of Like, you know, they've been in constant communication. I think Tommy talks to Brad and Bartlestein every day. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're looking at. And now they've got Brad set up as a free agent this summer. Can do the five year supermax, five years, two hundred forty two million dollars, and it sure feels like that's what it's headed toward. Because the idea that, because if you weren't going to sign that, Mike, you don't want to go out into free agency and first of all, you're going to have to take far less money anywhere else. That's right. So you would ask for the trade, and then even then, you can't get the supermax at the new place. It it certainly is set up here. It is hard to imagine Brad changes course because. It's, you got the two things that yeah. matter in this equation. The money or the promise of it mm-hmm. and uh, the team. A team where he's still the star. It's still his team. and you got, But you've got professionals. You've got real pros on that team right now. The, the start indicates that obviously they're going to hit a stretch of schedule where, you know, you any team, I don't care how great you are unless you're like the – you know uh, uh, the Warriors yeah. from. Yeah. They're you know, not going to finish a one or two seed in the East. We not. know that. Yeah. But they've got something that Brad has got to feel. First of all, he's got to feel that they're more competitive now than they have been at any time since John Wall jumped on the table after hitting that shot to win Game <laughs> Six yep. against the Celtics. That's where they've got to be. So Brad feels. I, I, I'm excited to see Woj what happens literally in these next two or three weeks 
where you get past Thanksgiving and you sort of have that little lull between Thanksgiving and Christmas where things maybe go a little under the radar. But a team like the Wizards, if they've got the kind of ambition that, that I think they do, I, I mean, I think this is really promising for the very reason you started with. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny. When the owners put the Supermax in, they wanted to encourage players to stay where they were, right? They wanted to smaller market teams to have an advantage, non-glamour markets to have an advantage. And I'm, I'm not calling Washington a small market. But, but if it was Cleveland or Oklahoma City or wherever, and you saw a lot of star players do shorter contracts, mm-hmm. uh, took less money to leave or less money Miami guys, the big three, they, they took a little less money each so they could bring in Mike Miller and then – they weren't doing the long deal, and there was a lot of head scratching in the league. Going, maybe we didn't create a big enough advantage to help the smaller market teams. Paul George, shorter deal, right, and then goes from Oklahoma City OKC to to LA. To, uh, to LA. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, I think there's a little bit more of get that supermax. Essentially, take the money now, fix the destination later. Meaning, I like your analogy on this when you talked about transfer portal. They see it as That's a transfer exactly portal. When I want out, what it is, I, I'll go. And so, forget we we have likely. Se- I think we have seen the end of not the end of free agency, but keep looking at the free agent classes. Like Durant and Kyrie were kind of a th- that was unique. I don't know if we're going to see that again because I think you're going to see guys sign the contract and then force the trade. Yeah. Because why take less money to go somewhere else? You're seeing. Free agency, this wasn't a great class this year. It's not a great class next year because guys are either re-signing. And so you look at guys like Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard, who are synonymous with their markets, mm-hmm. who want to win. And you know, I mean, Dame's been in the playoffs eight straight years. Portland's got the longest playoff streak in the NBA. He could sign a Supermax next year, um, over $50 million if he were to do an extension there. And I think the idea of the super team, I think for some guys, they like having their own team. Nothing and and the league needs that. Yeah, and, and you know what else is it's funny. We we were just talking about this, and while we were sitting feet from each other, you couldn't have heard us. Woj, but I was just talking with Jalen about this. Like what what Los Angeles does has done the Lakers, which may still work. It may. I'm not one of those people who's betting on it, but it may work. They're gathering shiny toys, which is a whole different deal from putting together a team. The Golden State Warriors stayed true to what they believed, and they on the fly with massive injuries, began to put together a team again. A team. Not the shiniest toys. Not People go crazy over free agency now. You're so right about this. I think that goes on the back shelf or the back burner because team. look what the Bulls have done. We don't know how sustainable this is, but look what they've done, what Washington has done. You've got people in there who, 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 who live in roles, to steal the phrase from Bill Belichick, who do their jobs. You know, a guy like Caruso can play 34 yeah. minutes in a game the other night, have no points, and have his fingerprints all over the game. Well, you're not going to do that. Stars don't do that. Stars don't play that way. Stars want role players. Stars want, when you look at Brooklyn, they had all the they had all the role players ready. They had Joe Harris, and they had Dinwiddie, and they had the guys who do the dirty work, and they had an infrastructure, and then they signed the two stars into that. At the time, the Knicks didn't necessarily have that. Although you look back and you go, okay, they well, they, they signed Julius Randle after. They didn't have that infrastructure. And, I mean, look at the difference. And let's go to the Bulls. The impact taking 
Alex Caruso off of that Laker team and putting him on that Bulls team. You you saw it the other night. And who would have thought? It, it's dramatic. And it showed up so dramatically playing against them. But yes. it, it had as well because you're watching it. There's some games where I'm thinking, wow, Caruso, what, let, me, I, let, me, let me go to the phone and look at the current updated stats, and he's got four points. Yeah. But he's like, how does a guy playing minutes that make him 130th, I think, in the league in minutes played, lead the league in steals? He's either he's been first, second, or third like since out of the gate. So Demar Derozan called him that I've never played with a guy with an IQ like See, this guy. And, and, and so there, you know, this isn't built team building. I look, LeBron, he made he made it work doing what he did, recruiting big stars or sort of putting them together. You know, putting himself together with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh at the beginning of this. And but I think we're going to see more of what you what you're describing, what we're talking about now. Especially Woj, if it works for early in the season, but if a couple of those teams, well, we saw it with the Suns in a way. Now they got the, they had one star, they added one star, and they could be, and they're developing one star in Aiton. We don't know how long he's going to be around, but if you can do that and get yourself to a conference final, so one team came out of nowhere last year, this year are we going to have it again? That would be three years in a row where we had a team where nobody expected. Miami did that, of course. They had acquired Jimmy Butler. Wow. Wow, that, that sort of changes dynamics, changes the way the GMs, personnel people, and ultimately owners have to look at what should I be doing here, particularly if you're in a market where only two or three markets are destinations for the kind of free agents that we're talking about. Washington hasn't even signed that kind of free agent. Chicago hasn't. You know, we, they've got, we, we've gotten a Carlos Boozer and a, you know, but, you know, yeah. not, 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 a, not a big gun. Those are Florida and California bound. You know, it's funny. You wonder if the Bulls were in better shape at the time Anthony Davis was coming up. Sometimes you don't make yourself an option, right? right? Like, right. you're not leaving New Orleans right. to go somewhere else where they're still trying to really figure it out. And sometimes it's about that kind of timing. Maybe if the Wizards were in a different place and the organization was in a different place, maybe KD looked differently at Washington. I think there were... I don't know how pulled – I think KD loves being from Washington. I think he loves – you have seen the way he's invested there. Yeah. I never got to sense KD thought it was the best idea in the world to, to go back there. To go back there to play, which is fine. And a lot of people probably should have taken KD's route not gone back home. It's so difficult. Yeah. But it's a great point. I, I said to Anthony Davis one day – I, I could still see him at some point. B- being there. Yes. Me too. Yes. I, I asked him – I just said to him, what's your relationship with our hometown? And, you know – he said, he smiled, and he said, I think it's about, like, your relationship with our hometown, meaning me. <laughs> yeah. He knows how much I love Chicago. We both smiled, and we love our hometown. And and it's hard. Like, like Dwayne Wade, people thought Dwayne was putting them on when he said, when he didn't sign with the Bulls, when he went back to Miami to play with LeBron. People thought he was putting them on when he said this, the, the conversation was serious between him and the Reinsdorfs. And it was in part because of business. You know, he wanted to have a good relationship with primary business leaders and people and influencers in his hometown. And good for him. And I, I hope Anthony Davis is in that spot because, yeah, yeah. you know, who, it's who a ways in our away. town doesn't, yeah. doesn't and love And it's also Davis. hard. It is hard to leave. It's tough. L.A. and, yes, and all that. But, but I'm saying maybe at the end. Maybe it's something yeah. you do at the end, at a different time in your career. Maybe he's the – you look at Brooklyn where – Aldridge is in his career, or were even Blake's younger, Blake Griffin. But maybe it's in that kind of role at that point. Absolutely. That, that's different. Which can still be important. Yeah. Be important to his life. Yeah. Uh, Candace but, Parker, to go over and yeah. use a different gender analogy, 
But Candace Parker won a championship in L.A., has been an MVP, and said, you know what, I'm going to go home. I'm going to try this. And, and it's been, you know, has conducted her life brilliantly. Fewer people are looking and studying the NBA as an analogy, but she's, she's, she's a really good example, I think, of what you're talking about. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECT-TV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. That Bulls organization, Arturis Karnishevis and Mark Eversley, they're Arturis is the president, and Mark Eversley's GM, and Billy Donovan. They put some real—I give Michael Reinsdorf a lot of credit. He put some real leadership in there, and I think there were questions. I mean, you look back, you know, the the, the Vucevic trade last year, and you I think it was difficult for Vooch and Zach Levine. Um, they were playing really fast with earlier than Vooch comes, and it kind of slows down a little bit. With no Zach, camp. Right, with and no Zach's camp, trying to figure in. it out, and yeah. how is this going to work? And you come back this year, and DeRozan, who has been remarkable, Caruso, you talked about it. You know, they're, you know, Patrick Williams is, I think, going to be a really, really, really good player for them. He's got a tremendous amount of potential. He's out for a significant, certainly a significant period of time. Um, but this is a team that, listen, the, the league is a better, it is a better product when those, all of a sudden, right, Washington, Chicago, New York, are competitive and relevant. Yeah. I'm not sure, and I don't think any of them are championship contenders. No, not yet, but, but long time. But they're they're playoff teams, and and and, and and yeah, yeah, and it's important. It raises the league when you just look at your 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 biggest market, your, your third biggest market in Washington's. I don't know ninth or tenth. These are and they've been invested in basketball so long emotionally. The names that we mentioned in Washington that people may not think of and know of. I my God, Chicago. Um, Chicago's a place that is very seasonal. And that, that's probably where I got... People ask me what my favorite sport is. I'm like, when are you asking me? You're asking me in October, I'm going to tell you the football and the Bears. You ask me in the summer, I'm going to tell you it's baseball and the Cubs. You ask me in the winter, I'm going to tell you it's the Bulls. And that, the city is very much like that. People don't say, even like Boston, you know, well, you know, I'm a Red Sox, I'm a Red Sox fan, but I don't really follow. No, we follow it all. We follow it all. And so I can't wait. So to that point, Woj... Saturday, I'm going to a Northwestern Purdue game at Wrigley Field. More games have been played, more NFL games have been played at Wrigley Field by one team than any other stadium. People don't realize that Wrigley Field hasn't been used since 1973. Wrigley Field. I, I would have. Well, I guess Shea Stadium is gone. I would have thought Shea and the Jets. No, no but gone. it's it's Giants Jets. G- Giants. Okay. It's Meadowlands. Oh, Meadowlands. But yeah. Meadowlands had two teams. The, Bear, the Chicago Wrigley Field had one. Yeah. 
So I'm doing that on Saturday. Okay. And then on Sunday, Bears-Ravens. My son picks a couple of games a year. Bears-Ravens the next day. That night, Bulls-Knicks. And I'm happy to I'm, – I'm thrilled to how, be able to see it all. How old is your son? He's 13. That's not a bad 13-year-old It's a pretty good 13-year-old weekend, weekend, isn't it? Yeah. And his mother's going to kill us both, but <laughs> but that, but we are that. Is that the 5 a.m. flight home on Monday to yes. try to, to like, we're going <laughs> to, to something so I can sleep through school? <laughs> and he's got basketball tryouts, right? Yeah, but he's got his first day of basketball practice. Ugh. He needs a point guard. I don't know. We may have to, I may have to con him into something. But to speak to those, those markets, Woj, that very important markets where people really follow, they want a team to latch on to. It won't take much, as evidenced by we're 14 games into the season in, in, in both those towns, Chicago more than Washington. Washington is a little bit more cynical, but I think it's, it's a really good place to start the Thanksgiving holiday season with teams, and the Knicks, of course, teams that have been important in the history of the league being important now. All right, last question, Mike. you got to get back to work here. Do you miss writing every day? I miss having written. Because <laughs> what I know I – Woj, what, I, what makes me feel bad, I can't, I can't write anymore. Like, I, there was nothing that made me happier. And I bet this was the case for you. On deadline, important event. Oh. It was just the, the juices rush. And you felt oh like God. that right-through event, the, the right-through on the big event. Yes. Or the dramatic thing you yes. saw. Which was such, like, you either learned how to do that in this business or you were going to have trouble succeeding. And I loved it more right. than anything. You were a great deadline. There are certain you. guys who just, on deadline, I'd go back and look and go, Jesus, like, like what, did he have four more hours yeah. than I did? No, <laughs> he didn't. Were he was packing minutes. up. He was packing it. Right. For, I always felt the sweet spot where you could sit down, you got out of the locker room, you sat down. If you had 45 to 50 minutes... You could you you could write you the piece you needed. You didn't overthink it either. You didn't overthink. That's it. a big yeah. part of it. You 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 know we were in so many events together. Oh, listen, I I saw Mike Tyson's. I mean, I'm sorry. I saw Evander Holyfield's ear or part of it rolling yeah. across a ring at me with about 45 minutes to go. I was just so overjoyed at the news event. Sorry, Evander. <laughs> I, I went and got a hot dog and then sat and wrote because well, it was like there was a calming influence. At well, that that's point. what. We, listen, we all came up in the business wanting to be. I was a general columnist, and I went from smaller paper to bigger paper, and I just thought I wanted to be you. I wanted to be Harvey Ariton, Mark Kriegel, uh, Ian O'Connor, Mike Lupica. And I spent a summer in D.C. interning between my junior and senior year, so it was 1990, and I lived in Olney, Maryland, oh, in, the, wow. in the basement of somebody's um, – I was an intern at the College Basketball Yearbooks. Remember the, the College Basketball yes, Magazines? They absolutely. Did, they did an ACC, Big Ten, did Big all East. All the conferences. All yeah. the conferences. So my job was to help put the magazines together. It was a summer internship. But back then, like, the only way you read the Washington Post was if you lived somewhere and you could get it every day. And I remember yeah, just getting the yeah. paper every day. I was getting ready for my senior year of college and reading you every day and reading Tony every day and thinking, looking back to – you know Aldridge and Mark Maskey and Christine Brennan and and the cast Rachel Rachel yeah. Alexander at Alexander the time was then, yeah. Rachel was a great a reporter great writer and um, reading it every day and you know your column that summer like it just I know people you're synonymous to a generation with as you mastered multiple crafts well, which is kind of you very super hard to do but. But I know it, when you got into the Basketball Hall of Fame, I remember I saw you. When I saw you, I said, like, 
I just knew how you felt about it, yeah. which is yeah, you did. I'm going in as a pr- <laughs> like I know at your core who you are because if, yeah. if you ask me, if somebody asked me what I do, I now have to I say proudly I, television. Yeah. I'm doing a television show five days a week plus basketball coverage. If they ask me what I am, I'm a sports writer, and it, it's not going to change. And whatever time I got left, seven years, seven eight years, ten years, it's not going to change. That's who I am at my core, and I still approach storytelling. With that way, that we walked in a room after an event and we knew there were things we wanted to get at with people who would help us dig deep. And so, yeah, man. And, you, and, think, of how, and think of how different. It, I, I would not want to be coming up now trying to do the job the way we were no, able to we do it. Such access. You could get to people. You could yes. grab somebody on the side in the yes. locker room. You could build. You could get to know people and sit and find them. And now... It's funny. Back then, it, they used to try to kind of find ways to get you with the people. Now, the job for teams is to they want to keep away. you away. It's had a very few exceptions. Yes. You know, I'm so grateful for the people who are the exceptions. Um, I, I won't name them because I'll forget somebody and, and sound bad about it. But you are 100% right. And I still, I, I, but I can't do it anymore. Like, I, occasionally, they wanted me to write after every installation of The Last Dance. Yeah. And so I did that Sunday night. Woj, what would have taken me until 2 a.m. took me till 5 a.m. And I just thought, oh, my God. It's, it's like is... a muscle. You know what it reminds yes. me of? It's like when you would go throw it when you played baseball and you'd get loose, right? And you'd, you'd throw. You and I would be standing kind of near each other. And then you'd long throw. Yeah. And it's like the muscle of getting that long throw again. That's what it always I can't. It's Felt done. Like, right? it's, it's over. Yeah. I, I, you know, so I, <laughs> I try to do it. You know, I, I try to do it occasionally to keep my hand in it and to prove to myself and maybe my son that I can actually do this. And, I, you know, so I, I'm glad when I have written. I'm glad when I look back on the Jordan, the Last Dance pieces, every, every one of them. And I think the level I got there, but my God, it was like carrying a boulder up a mountain to yeah. get there. And it used to be something that I did. You know, it's second nature. So, but I'm, I'm grateful to have this. Plus, I still get to hang out and see you. We, we not in the same capacity, but <laughs> but close enough. All right, Michael, I appreciate it. Thanks, uh, man. We will I see you Friday night. Yeah, at the Garden, Celtic Lakers. Yeah, this will be fun. We get right. in the fun zone. All right, thanks. All Mike. right, thanks, man. Welcome back in with the second half of our Medill School of Journalism. Double letter here on the Woj Pod. Cassidy Hubberth. Yeah, I'm not a board member, though. Like Wobon? Yes, he's like, he makes people's futures. I just, (laughs) um, it was a small part of my past is really what that was. But I'm, you know, forever grateful. No, you are are one of the distinguished uh, alums of, of one of the great... I mean, we don't have an ad on ESPN uh, podcasts as like the Bonnies do. I've heard the ad. You and Tim Bontemps, I, I get it. You know, we're the little, you know, we're the little train that could yes. journalism school. We're very, <laughs> very proud of it. Yes. But Cass, you will, we will both be in Boston on Friday night, Lakers Celtics on ESPN at uh, seven thirty. You'll be doing sidelines, Mike Breen, Doris Burke, and we'll be there with the countdown crew. Uh, that's to me like. There's just a few regular season games every year that are just, they're special. They're different. Boston, L.A. is certainly in, in other years. Listen, these are still, Lakers we still expect at some point are are a team that should be competing for a championship as they get healthier. And this is still a Boston team that's very talented. But I this is an interesting game 
Like these are two teams who are really a trying to get healthy, yeah, and b trying to kind of find their identity. Yep. And and I, I think that makes it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Look, you brought up like the the Lakers Celtics rivalry. I think today's game it's more player rivalries. Like I think a lot of people who view the NBA and are fans of the NBA are familiar with the Lakers and Celtics rivalry um, because it's so embedded in our basketball minds, you know. Um, but today's, I think today. It's hard. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, what's a good, like, a real true rivalry in today's game. I'm not sure. But to your point, as far as these two teams trying to find their identity, um, I think their identity right now is both have been hurt. (laughs) And so we could possibly see LeBron James back on Friday. Um, He told our Dave McMenamin on his way out of um, after the Bucks game on – Wednesday. Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> it's Wednesday night. You know, that he hopes so. You, you've you been reporting all week that uh, his, his camp's optimistic that he's going to return. So we, we'll see. I mean, he did a 40-minute warm-up before the game um, against the Bucks and, and looked good. So, um, you know, I'm not – we talked about this uh, when we were at Seaport doing, you know, uh, studio on Wednesday night. I'm like, what is a – abdominal strain feel like <laughs> you know like is it just like tightness is he doing too much work on that tonal machine that he's uh <laughs> pitching these days um but you know we'll see we'll see if he's, he's good to go and then you know last week I reported um you know on the game against the Bucks that Jalen Brown was uh making his way back um hadn't started any five on fives as of last week, but I think he's he, the 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 belief is that he has a good chance of returning um, on on Friday, and um, Robert Williams. We'll see if he he comes back too. So, look, I, you know, in the meantime, Dennis Schroeder has has you know found a nice rhythm um, with Jalen kind of sidelined, and it's good for him because you know him being new to the squad kind of get in his um groove back if you will after yeah, being de- kind of the butt of jokes yeah, all de- summer Dennis, Dennis Schroeder think about it in a parallel universe well not a parallel universe a few months ago right the Lakers could have re-signed Schroeder yep they could have done they could have done a buddy heel trade with the Kings that would have been Montrez Harrell and Kuzma I think they would have kept KCP in that trade and a different team and now we they, they did the Westbrook trade he is trying to figure out he's not been able to play with LeBron a lot and LeBron's been out for what, roughly half their games yeah, the ankle games injury so. ankle, games. two games for the ankle injury and then I think tonight was his eighth game missed yep in Straight. Milwaukee with the abdominal strain and so that is a work in progress and it's going to be and there were questions from the beginning about you know typically you surround LeBron with shooting Russ is not a shooter He's going to attack the rim, but you know, it's he's going to play a different way, and so this is a Laker team that knew it was going to take time to figure this out. They have a lot of new pieces. I think like when people talk about this Laker team, they're like, "It's the Lakers. You got AD. You got LeBron. Why aren't they clicking?" But like, uh, most of the team is new, (laughs) and you're relying on Carmelo Anthony, and you're you know. Relying on Russell Westbrook and you know Russell Westbrook, Jalen Jalen Rose said this earlier. He goes, you know, Russ plays like he like they don't you know take take 
Uh, the score. What did he say? <laughs> what he's like? He keep track of the score. I messed up that whole line. But like Russ plays like they don't, you know, keep track of the score. Like he's he's trying to find his way through this. Um, yeah. Frank Vogel said he had his best game as a Laker after their game against the Bucks. We had 15 points and he only had three turnovers. So I think he was like honing in on the fact he only had three turnovers because he's just he's really been coughing up the ball a lot. Um, but, you know, I think also when we saw in that Milwaukee game is um, AD. Like, like there's all these, you know, on talk show radio, like who's more important player right now for the Lakers, Russ or AD? It has to be Anthony Davis. Um, even when LeBron comes back, still has to be Anthony Davis. Yeah. The, the, the plan when they made this trade was that, listen, LeBron's LeBron. and But the plan was that over time – you know, that LeBron would take a secondary role to Anthony Davis. Now, you didn't know how soon that would be. When they won the championship in the bubble, so the AD was awesome. He was, he was incredible awesome. in yeah. that in those finals and on that run. And and But that's the plan in L.A., that AD is going to be the guy, and you ask less of LeBron over time. And that was, you know, one of the things Rob Palenka told me when they made the uh, Westbrook trade was that – in his 19th season, it's a lot to ask LeBron to bring the juice for a team every single night where you got to be the guy to ignite things every night and that Russ would be able to do that for them. Russ would be able to help carry that load of bringing that. And I understand that. And I understand that that thought with him, and, and certainly he does do that. And so, you know, you saw in Washington last year, Russ got – now Russ had – he was injured early in the season – he got healthier, and he played much better. They were in a a huge hole in Washington yeah. last year, and and Russ and Bradley Beal and that group. Yeah, Bradley was going for the scoring title. Russ was doing triple double yeah, madness way again. Out of it and, yeah, yeah, and so yeah, so there's time. But I think this is you know listen when LeBron was in the East when he was in Cleveland and Miami, you know he got to play Boston you know multiple times in Boston in a regular season, and then had some great playoff battles on both both with Miami and I mean some of the best game playoff games I've seen that I've witnessed were LeBron versus Boston and, and Cleveland and Miami. But now when you're playing for the Lakers, you get one trip to Boston a year and I think that's certainly part of why you know he wants he'll want to get out there and play. They can like those guys love to play in Boston. He they loves, love to play yeah, the Celtics. Play they love Boston. to compete against them and they love to beat them. They all like everybody in this league loves to go in Boston and win, and so I think that'll be. Uh, I will be surprised if LeBron does not play this game. He, he, to me, he would have to have some kind of a setback in his, in his. Um... And I, if I'm LeBron, and I'm watching what's happening with this team, and how these losses are, you know, starting to add up, um, and you're on a road trip where you can maybe build some chemistry. Like why wouldn't you, you know if you if you're feeling what sixty forty, like give it a go and just try to inject something into this group of guys because the majority of these guys are his close friends. So I like I always like I 
I've always thought that this was going to be a weird dynamic, you know, not just with Carmelo, but like with Russ, you know, like that to me has become such a public friendship between Russ and, and LeBron. And, you know, Russ is like, he's, he's a tough guy to play with, um, even if you're LeBron James. So, you know, I think how those two uh, and how their relationship develops over the year and over the course of the season, I, I, I always thought that was going to be an interesting sidebar to um, yeah. the, this Lakers drama. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about Russ is he is a great teammate. That's what he, everyone says. He Like anybody who's played with him, is he sometimes hard to coach? Yes, because his style is like it is hard to – some it he's he will tell you, like he's had his challenges, but – He's a tremendous teammate. He cares about the guys he plays with. He'll do anything for them. They know that. And anybody who's played with him, and I know that bothered him going to Washington last year, that he wanted people to know that. that yeah. And it bothered him the reputation, whether it was in Houston for the year, which he went in and, listen, I thought he he really deferred to James Harden that year. He did what was asked of him coming out of Oklahoma City. And then Washington once he got healthy, he really he was remarkable in getting that team to the postseason, and the relationship with LeBron. He I think he's got a little more history with AD, and the relationship with LeBron's grown through the years. And you know, Russ really helped to wheel that trade when when there was a possibility of it, when it came up, and they could get it done. He really convinced LeBron and AD, like. We will make this work. I can make this work. Let's do this. And 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 certainly they encourage Rob Polenka to pull the trigger on it and Jeannie Buss. So um, there's a lot of. I know we want to make fast judgments, quick judgments um, on teams. I think there's time for the Lakers to write this story. Oh yeah, I think so too. And to say their championship hopes are done. I mean, and that you know, let's crown the Warriors already or. You know the, the the Nets are who we should be. You know that, that they're co- definitely coming out of the East, no matter what happens with the Bulls or w- yeah. whatever. Yet it's just too early. We're not even at Christmas yet. Last year we weren't even playing. <laughs> Last year at this time, <laughs> when Chris Paul was being traded to the Suns, and he's you know <laughs> at the a year ago t- this really? week. Really? Yep. Was it this week? Yeah, I just saw on my timeline your tweet and be like, how crazy was it? It was the sixteenth. So that's right. The season started when last year it was December. the December like seventeenth, seventeenth, something around there. I guess it was still. Yeah, I guess we were still doing. Yes. Wow, I've lost. I have no context no, anymore of because what... we were in the bubble, not like <laughs> a, almost a year ago, just a little over a year ago. It feels like. Uh, so there, like, there's, there's no, like, there's no time. Yeah. These last, <laughs> these last two years, time is. Well. But yeah, we've still crowned two champions in the last year. I know it was a run of three free agencies slash drafts, three in twenty-one months, right? It should be three in thirty-six months, right? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to do that like that. Anymore. No, we're I don't want to no, do. No, I don't want to do three. I it's know. just, it's a, little, it's just too, it's, it's a lot. That's I a, remember like watching you do the draft. In Bristol, like height of the pandemic, and then we rolled into free agency, and then rolled into the season, and then rolled into summer league. And I mean, 
you've been the the draft the draft you know the draft in Bristol was interesting. It was. It felt like we were like on a spaceship or something. It did. Like, what do we? What do we? There's no play. We're just here. <laughs> yes. People are calling me with trades or whatever, and you're going. This is well, literally. It was if like, you just felt like you were out of wa- fish out of water. Yeah. In that environment. And Malika yeah. was like on a whole green screen, like <laughs> talking to like a floating like. Yeah. <laughs> she was like Mike. T- she was like yes. Mike TV from yes. Willy Wonka. Yes. You know, right? And a little yeah. <sighs> so anyway, but I will see you Friday. Yes. In Boston, Celtics Lakers on ESPN. Hopefully they're all there too. Hopefully everyone plays. Well, that would be that would be ideal. (laughs) Yes, Cassidy, thank you as always, my friend, and uh, uh, we will see you in uh, see you in New England. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guests, ESPN's Michael Wilbon and Cassidy Hubberth. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to the Low Post with Zach Lowe, the Hoop Collective, hosted by Brian Windhorst, and of course, the Adam Schefter Podcast, hosted by Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.